gave you where we started, now we on to something new. Let me introduce you to some of the fresh crew. Hollywood Jack, yeah, the leader of the pack. Corey, I am man, Randy coming in stack. Robin with the Y, chilling in the nest. Holding down the crew, can't forget the rest. Queen of Queens, carrying, yeah, she taking no mess. Bring your A game, cause there ain't none less. Paco Lessons standing, yeah, you know how it goes. Rounding out the best, JV to the pros. And we are back for the final episode of the year, season two, episode 51. With the COVID and everything we've gotten through the whole year, 51 episodes. And we're going to find out if Corey managed to make it through and keep his streak alive. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey the Iron Man. Ramsey, Corey, tell me you're here. Tell me you're here. Wow, I'm here. Whoa, yes, I'm here. I made it. <laughs> I just couldn't let you down, man. I couldn't let you down. 51 and strong. I came running in. I'm sorry, everybody. I was running in. I knew I had to make it. It was the last show. I just had to be here. And I'm out of breath. Paco started the show a little early. Yes, Paco started yeah, the show our, early. This is our Christmas show. And it's our last show of the year. The next time we come back on will be January 5th for season three, episode one. Whoa. Wow. So we're going to be, we'll be off until January 5th. No. So does that mean no, we're in, no. uh, Jack, does that mean we're in syndication now? Yeah, we're in syndication. That is the last man standing, our technical genius, Paco. Merry Christmas, my friend. And I'm glad you made it through the whole year with us, with all the hell we bring your way. <laughs> yeah, not just in and outside of the uh, podcast studio and also the real world. Uh, I've been through quite a lot, but like many of our listeners, uh, they feel my pain. So uh, let's say, let's let's just let's uh, redistribute the pain here. So let's start with Jack from the top. How you doing? <laughs> we are proud to be doing our Christmas episode. I got Karen, the Queen of Queens. Over here, she's actually doing some of our production stuff as we speak, as she just got some files to work on. And I think, Corey, you got Robin with a Y out there, don't you? I have Robin with a Y. She is here. She's working on uh, some things, doing some Ethan Howard stuff. I'm editing for Ethan Howard, putting some things together. So, Robin with a Y. And I have to talk to you about uh, the artist um, renderings for my cover because we have decided to release the first of the three books um in 2021 okay been waiting so for that is, this is moving forward so the first right. one you've read second one yeah. second one will be done by by june and then the third one will be done by probably september all right all okay right. paco wake up okay there you go um, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about some fun stuff since it is Christmas time. I'm assuming everybody had a short list of things they really wanted to, to get for Christmas. I know I did. <laughs> yeah. You want to say, she, she, yeah, Karen's making a joke, right? But I was like, I literally asked for two things for Christmas. I asked one of those mirrors for my helmet on my bicycle. So that uh -huh. cars aren't almost hit me on the elbow anymore. <laughs> and um, what else did I ask for? I don't know. I think that might have been it. Oh, yeah. So she she bought, like, a whole bunch of stuff. You know, she, like, she went all, she went all Santa's L. 
So is your tree up and going there, Corey, and a bunch of gifts under the tree? Yes, we have a, a little tiny tree with lights on it, and we have the presents underneath. They're not all of them. There's a couple of things that I have for Robin with a Y that I'm waiting for Amazon to come through. But uh, that's that. Well, Amazon's doing double time. As a matter of fact, I had to order some stuff. And I didn't realize that, like, Karen's got the Amazon Prime, which you get it, like, the moment you hit, you know, order, it shows up at the door, like, immediately. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I have it. But you know what? I didn't want to go through that because I didn't want uh, Robin to see it. Right. Right. So, so I, ordered it, I ordered it normally. And uh -huh. the stuff started showing up. Like almost as fast as Prime. Like they're really in, they're in double stepping it. So Amazon, I don't know how they do it, but uh, they are, they are working double time. Congratulations yeah. to them. Their trucks are everywhere. I'm just like amazed how fast stuff is showing up. And so, this is for our um, listeners. There are the people that are stealing are also doing it uh, double time. So everybody that's listening, be on the lookout for douchey people riding around you know what we had a, a uh poinsettia on the table right by the front door outside it's kind of like a pinkish red poinsettia and we had it for several days and then all of a sudden it was gone and we looked at the security camera and some bastard old guy came and he looked at it and then he went down the side where the mailboxes are and he came back around to the front he looked around he grabbed it and he trotted off to the street I was like, what a friggin' jerk. You know, I, I gotta wonder, because it's funny you say that, my next door neighbor um, put out a massive Christmas display, like lights and moving things and sound and music and, and the things with the um, kaleidoscope of snowflakes. And, and yeah. some homeless guy wandered onto our condo property and he took two of the dolls from the festivity scene, like, I, I don't like, oh, look hey Jack, Jack. like what would he want to do with that? Yeah. Hey Jack. Yeah. For uh for uh for the non Gentiles out there, it's uh the nativity scene, not festivity scene. <laughs> but that was a what good that was a good mix. You said festivity scene. I know what you meant. I did too. Okay. Nativity. I got it. You, Sorry. You know something? Sometimes sometimes I'm so smooth and saying stuff like that. Paco, good good catch. I once did a beer commercial in which the, the director had written a whole bunch of, he had written a whole bunch of te uh, testimonials for this homemade in-home beer thing. And when he, when he came to do mine, he told me, everybody is buying it for someone, but I want you just to read the teleprompter. And I waited and he said, action. And I said, I have to admit, I bought it for myself. I get the joke because he said, I bought it for myself. Jack and selfish. I get it. So he was having a little fun with me, but I said, now I can make it. I can make a beer, Pilsner, Alice, it doesn't matter. And I can make it in any flavor I want. Well, he cut and then he had me do it again. And I said, I can make any beer, Pilsner, Alice, it doesn't matter. Now I'm reading the teleprompter for the first time, but we did this like five times. And he finally realized that it's beer, Pilsner and Ales. And I kept saying Alice. Yeah. <laughs> and he, it was so smooth. He, he couldn't figure out what was wrong. <laughs> and it's funny how the brain, it's funny how the if brain. I believe it. I'll say it. <laughs> I was, th I thought you were going to say you were doing a, a commercial for, for Miller, uh, for Corona. And then you said it's Miller time. 
<laughs> no, I've done a Miller commercial, but actually, I did a Miller commercial with you guys. Have all seen Scarface, right? Of course. I've done. A, I did a Miller commercial with the guy who was the chainsaw killer, Hector the Toes. Yeah, you're Al, Al Israel. Yeah, Hector. I'm Hector. Yeah, and we stayed friends for the rest of his life, and um, that was that was the last Miller commercial I did. I've done a lot of beer commercials for a guy who doesn't drink. <laughs> I look like I should be drinking beer. Now, Paco, you got anything on on Santa's list? You got you other than that WD forty for that chair. <laughs> I I have trouble believing a macho man like your dad doesn't have WD forty in the garage. I just don't believe it. Well, actually, he's not as uh, tool savvy as I am. But let me check down here under the hood. Okay. <laughs> So this is my list for uh for, for Christmas this year. I've only got three things to worry about, or I things I really wanted. Number three, new job. Obviously, I need a transition, and I took a, a big haircut this year, and I hope to see something better in twenty one. Blackjack people. Uh, number two, I want to stay healthy. As you know, that's probably. I mean, you know the old adage: at least you have your health. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that that luxury right now. But the old, the old, the old what? The old adage. Is that how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> you said uh, adage. <laughs> okay. I just, I'm not. I, I just don't feel like correcting people. But I knew what he meant. It, so it's all it, good. The heart's no, here. Heard it too, okay. Right. No, but uh, yeah. my number one thing, uh, guys. I'm serious. My number one thing. I like to see my brother. Paco, he's safe. He's fine. Yeah, but he's still, serving. man. I mean, he's you like, know, he's a, he's gonna, a whole. You're going to be able to zoom. You're, you're in a good place. You know, um, Darren's son, Tyler, he, we, he got his orders and we, we freaked when he was leaving Camp Lejeune and we were like, oh my God. Where's he going? And he said, Norway. He goes, Norway. <laughs> and I'm like, are we at war with Norway or something? Why are they sending Marines to Norway? <laughs> well, if you want the long and you know uh, complicated answer, I'd be more than happy to tell you. But that would not make good for good for good no, no, podcast. The audience doesn't want to hear it either. But but I didn't understand why he was going to Norway, and he said, "I don't care. I get to go to Norway." <laughs> I got two words for you, Vladimir Putin. That's who. Is he involved with Norway? Well, Russia's right next door, so they've always they've never Scandinavia oh, oh. has never been friendly with Russia the big bad is bear. Next door to Norway. Russia is next door to Norway. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Look at on a map, guys. Hey, hang on a sec, Corey. Corey, yeah. I, I'm not a geographical genius, okay. but he is a technical genius, and I don't think Norway is neighbors. I don't think they're neighbors with Norway. <laughs> Unless Norway moved and they had a big U-Haul. <laughs> yeah, so Norway, okay, so I'm just looking it up because my geography sucks, but I knew that it wasn't next to Russia. Norway is at the tip of like a little chunk. It's Norway, Sweden, Finland, and then the south of Norway, which is through water, is Poland, Germany to the west of Poland, Ukraine to the right of Poland. Russia is uh, nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Yes, it is. No, there is a sliver of, there is a small border. There is a sliver. It's right here. Not. No, there's not. You yes, are there pretty, is. No, All right. not. Paco, Paco. Geopolitics it's a aside. Fact. Look, it's a if, matter look. of fact. Poland, Poland is next door to Russia, right? Are we in, in agreement? 
Yeah, but we're yeah. not making any Polish jokes. Guys, I'm being... Uh, look, okay. Uh, I'm what? just... Uh, you're setting Paco. me... A... Where's the thing? Look at Paco. I'm not making Polish jokes. Do you see that? Do you said... see that little sliver right there on the very tippy top? No, it's Paco. not. Paco. Norway has like a driveway. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not. It's not. But that is that is funny I mean, that you go with Putin on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Tyler know that when he's in Norway, keep an eye out for vodka. Yeah. Well, actually, that's what they drink out there. Believe it or not. I believe it. That's why I made the joke. All right. But, um, your brother, so, brother, quite safe. I think he's okay. Yeah. You talk to him. So, on, you talk to him on the phone. Uh, of course I do, but still, I mean, it's one thing to talk oh, to him. I don't know if you talk to him on the phone. I do. We 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 talk to him weekly. Right. I mean, I talk to him every other day. I mean, but still, like the it's like kind of like Listen, a. Can you talk to him every other day? You gonna make a girlfriend joke too? No, 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 I, no not, not at all. I'm like, that's a lot of We didn't have that much communication with Tyler and Camp yeah. Lejeune. There were stretches where he wasn't allowed to call. I'm like, holy mackerel, you're talking to him a lot. You should be really grateful. Well, I am grateful, so, but at the same time, I still like. I would like to see him in person because is I he found, training? Well, what is he doing? technically, he's in quarantine, and okay. he's going to be in queue for another two days. So, okay. you know, otherwise, and where, and where is he again? He's in Pensacola. Okay, well, that's hardly a hot spot. But, yeah. Um, but with with flights at about ten cents now. If you really wanted to, maybe after he's out of quarantine, if you really wanted to go out there and maybe spend a couple of days, I honestly think it would cost you about 300 bucks, and that's it. We thought about it, but we, we ruled it out because after what, when, his, when he was in quarantine, we all agreed that we can't, because we were actually planning to fly out around this time, actually on the 24th, get there around Christmas Day, and then spend a couple of days with them at an Airbnb and just hang out. But obviously, we, we, we couldn't afford that luxury. Because of obvious circumstances, and then right now okay. it sounds like uh, you know the tables are even. Like, Paco, Paco, be grateful for what you have, not what you don't have. You're very fortunate to be in such regular contact with him because we didn't, we wouldn't hear from Tyler sometimes for two weeks. And we couldn't figure out what was going on, and it turned out he was on maneuvers, and they took everybody's phones. Well, it, it sounds like, like okay. Well, you know, sounds, we just have it, to accept it. It sounds like his brother is not uh, is not working right now, right? So well, He's uh right now. Well, technically, he's in his A school. So right now, he's learning uh Morse code. So you know, uh, you're not going to be out in the field somewhere. It'll probably be you know land based or you know surface, depending on what his MOS is. So I mean, are you worried? I mean, I, I guess I'm. I'm, I'm not just... worried. I'm. I know he's fine. I mean, because they have to have a modicum of care, or at least you know, you know, at least give him like you know heads up. But what I mean to say is like. The whole thing is, I'm not even going to visit my entire family this year. See, I'm used to having uh, going to my uh, going to two houses every year for Christmas. I go on the Christmas Eve with my friends, and then we have a little private dinner. Then Christmas Day, I go to my grandparents. I can't even do that. You know what really tied? Uh, you know what really cemented it for me, guys? So I go visit my grandparents the other day. My grandfather is so paranoid; he has a mask on while we're inside the house the entire time, as rightfully as he should. But we've been really careful about this, and then it kind of hit me like. My God, I can't believe he's doing that in the living room. And you know what? If he's older like that, he is vulnerable. 
Of course, he he's wrong. No, I know he's trying to protect his life. It just it hit me. I'm thinking like, am I in the wrong here for going to visit him? Because you know, old, especially elderly yeah. people, they need fit. They, yeah. okay. you know, Corey. Yeah, to, to be honest, Corey's right. Corey's right. You should not be visiting him because, as much as you'd love to see him, you might be putting him in harm's way. You should just maybe go out, go outside of his house, and and through the window. See him, but don't go inside because this is an airborne disease. You don't and we're know. You may be like, oh, Grandpa, great to see you. And you don't even know that you've you've passed something on. And everybody's You're not the only one that's feeling this. Corey's brother comes out every year for Christmas. He's not coming out. I can't see my kids. My kids live in this same city. I can't see my kids because, because of COVID. Well, one thing I've learned is that this is young people, they really struggle with this. And this is why a lot of young people are snowflakes because they can't handle adversity. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, you and Robin talked about how you guys quarantine within the house away yes. from each other. And yes. I kind of was rolling my eyes like, you know, well, Karen and I have been quarant had been on opposite sides of the place. For I don't know how long now, because she had run a fever and her fever got to like 100.3 or 100.5. And I thought, okay, that's right at the line. And it was her idea, but she was right. Like, you know, we need to stay yeah. as far away from each other as possible until we know what's going on. Now she's had, she's had two sets of tests and everything seems to be fine, but we that's still good. don't know because it still takes two weeks. Sure. But yes, so Paco, people, you're actually in a good place with family. You know, Paco, you're 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 not in a bad spot. Like everybody, everybody is making sacrifices, and you're not really suffering the way a lot of people are. I yeah. just I just um, spoke to a friend of mine yesterday, and um, she had come back from Boston, and when she got back, found out her boyfriend had packed all her stuff. And had a ticket waiting for her to fly back to Boston. Like he just broke up with her while she was gone. What this is like Christmas. Yeah, terrible. what a jerk, wow. right? So she, she comes back to go visit him and her stuff is packed. Like she broke up with him. You talk about a rotten Christmas. <laughs> so Paco, I'm going to read you something quick. You're not stuck at home. You're safe at home. One word can change your attitude and one cough can change your life. Keep that Whoa. in your brain. Let that marinate in your brain. Ooh. Because, yes, that is very, very powerful. Safe from home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're right. I got to be a little more. It's just like, you know what, guys? It's just, you know, these last, it's just, I mean, I like to say it, but I'm pretty extroverted. Well, actually, I don't like to say I'm that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're what? I'm very extroverted. Uh, okay. All right. Um, What's that supposed to be? Wait, wait. Who is saying that? You yeah. think, who said extroverted? Yeah. Why, you guys think who the said other? Corey, did you say extroverted? Because you're an extrovert. I, I'm extrovert. I did not say But Corey tells me all the time how extroverted he is. Paco, you're an extrovert? Oh, you froze up. Paco? What? Are you an extrovert? Wait, are we trying to make like a like a like a joke about something? Because I'm look, I just like I, I don't think of you as I don't think of you as an extrovert. Seriously, Corey, help me out. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think of you as an extrovert either. But I mean that doesn't but that doesn't mean that you aren't. Let well, me look, be clear on I'll put it this way. I don't think I like to be with people, you know? Yeah. I mean who doesn't like But I don't think I don't think you're the wild and crazy guy at the party either. I don't think you're an introvert either. I think you're just a normal person looking for regular contact. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's missing it. But this thing with your brother, yeah, it's circumstantial. He's safe. He's not in a hot spot in the world. You know, you don't have to worry about that phone call that things went bad in the Middle East. I mean, he's in a good spot. And, you know, would you rather be spending time with him in Afghanistan? Or would you rather know that he's in Pensacola safe and your home safe? And you guys are getting through this. This is a sacrifice. Yeah. And I'm guessing he's probably not quite lamenting the way you are. No, as a matter of fact, he's actually pretty, uh, he's, he's not bad. He's actually pretty good on the phone. I'm actually really surprised how, uh, how cool and contemplated he's been. Not to mention like, he hasn't really like, cause you know, people always talk about how people change when they join the service and everything. Right. You know, of course you had like the stereotypes, PTSD and whatnot. He's only, he's been in since June. But I haven't seen much of a change in his demeanor. I mean, just judging by the way he's on the phone. Now, I will admit this. When he came back from OCS, he was a little quieter, but that was different because when the circumstances for him coming home prematurely obviously would leave anybody anybody in a bad position or a bad taste in their mouth. Right, guys? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Without without a doubt. He's, I, I, just, had, I just got a Jack, let the man speak, please. Thank you. I'm sorry. He's had, he's had a cup of coffee with the military, so he's not going to change this year. He would, he's not going to change it. He's been in since June, so there won't be a change. I mean, well, he hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't really done anything with the military. So I think let's let the man breathe a little bit. Let him spread his wings, and you spread your own wings. See, I want you to look up the definition of a snowflake. No, I get back. Okay, well, <laughs> since we're um, on the subject here, you hate that I well, say that. Paco, you looked that up, and I, I just got a text from your brother, and I said, "Yeah, we're doing the show with Paco," and he wrote, "Who?" No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jack, that's just so not nice. So, um, <laughs> the definition of a snowflake, as according to Wikipedia, much as you hate the source. Is a twenty a ten is a two thousand tens derogatory slang term for a person implying that they have an inflated sense of uniqueness, an unwarranted sense of entitlement, or are overly emotional, easily offended, and unable to deal with opposing opinions. Wow! Wow! Now, now, hang on for a second. Yeah. Does that in any way sound familiar? In any wow. way, does that sound familiar? Well, wow. you know, so I would say. Is that ringing any bells? You know, snowflakes, the, the snowflakes in the net in, in nature, everyone is unique. So all of the snowflakes in the world are unique, including the ones in the homes. So actually I just, I, just, I just found out that there's only thirty-five different kinds of snowflakes in the world. <laughs> all right. I just I just found this out. <laughs> That's not true though. They're all different. No, you there's, can't there's, there's thirty-five different shapes. That's it. So, Paco, so, uh, you're in a good place. So, Your family Judge, is safe. Judge, I would like an answer. Jack, I got two words for you, okay? Kayate, okay? 
So let no no Corey Corey just asked you a question. I I got caught up with you trying to jump. Okay, so say it again, Corey. I said, does that sound familiar? What you just read? Yeah, it does sound familiar. Okay, now you understand why I say it. Okay, great. Leave leave, leave your brother alone. Let him. He'll be okay. No, I mean, yeah, leave. that's why I don't. Well, tell you the truth, I have to. They kind of my parents kind of like tell me to call him. I just leave him alone because I know exactly. I mean, most of the time I just, I know he's safe. He's doing his thing. He's not in harm's way. It's just that, you know, it's the holidays and, you know, normally, you know, the holidays, everybody gets together and do his thing. He's a grown man. He'll call you on Christmas. It's what people do when they live elsewhere. Just relax. Okay. Just relax. Last thing I was up in Vancouver and Aaron and I wanted to go visit him and we can't, you know, because the border is closed. But you know, you just gotta relax. It's 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 okay. It's okay. You're you're yeah. in a good place, my man. Tell you the truth. If I was living, living rent free, I'd be in a good place too. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh... His, adver- his adversity is not your adversity. All right. Ooh, ooh. Just, Look at this do, today. His what? His adversity is not Paco's uh, adversity. He so just the wisdom out of North Park. So just handle, <laughs> just handle that. And the other thing is, last thing I'm going to say on the matter because now I'm bored with it. If you, <laughs> when you live on your own, when you live on your own, your parents will not be able to tell you who to call and when to call. And just try a to little, guilt you just a stuff. little, just a little hint there. That's all. Just a little tip. Okay. All right. Moving on. Okay. We're going to cut some of that out because I know we were bored. Let's let's take a little break. We'll do a a little commercial and we'll come back. We'll bang out a little Truth is Alien and then we'll play with, we'll we'll chat with some sports. We're going to make it a little bit of a shorter show tonight. Good. Let's take a little break. So I was checking into barnone1.com and seeing all that they offer. Barnone the number one.com. They have certified and qualified professional bartenders and servers that make party guests feel like they're living the high life. Bar None can be contacted at 619-952-9414 and that will be the first step to getting your event on track. Bar None will help you prepare the kind of event that is greater than you imagined. They've done this for years and they know what they're doing. So they can answer your questions and guide you to a successful and memorable event. Call Bar None at 619 619- 952-9414 and let them handle these details so that your guests have a great time with a professional server who knows how to take care of their guests. Now, they know how to make your guests feel like they're going to have a great time in part because the work that Bar None does for an event is unparalleled. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and get the process started for your next event with Bar None. Tell them JV that the pros sent you. Season 2, episode 51, our Christmas episode of JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey, who still hasn't missed the show. What do you got going, my man? Well, I wanted to throw a little Truth is Alien and make it about Christmas. So since the anniversary is coming up, the 75th anniversary of the kids' Five children who literally went up in smoke, and they were not found. 
you're wondering who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, uh, the kids known as the Sauter children. Five children, Maurice, Martha, Louis, Jenny, and Betty, disappeared in 1945 on Christmas Eve. So let me set it up for, uh, for all of you. This is in Fayetteville, West Virginia, and a fire broke out in the house. So the parents, George and Jenny, they got the other four children out. So you see they had a lot of children and they realized there were still five that were stuck in the house. George went to try to get them out, but the fire was burning too high. He couldn't get in. And so the ladder that he was going to use that he kept on his house, propped up against his house, was mysteriously um, missing. Now, people saw the fire going on, and they called uh, 911. The fire department did not show up until seven hours later. But wait a second. In 1945, was there the 911 system? Back then, you still had, yes, for the fire. Well, you would call the fire department their equivalent of 911. You call the operator, right? Yes. Yeah, because I think 911 came in the... 60s, right? Yeah, good call. So the fire, department, the fire department was only two and a half miles away, but it took them seven hours to show up. Holy cow. No, that was my thing. So then when they showed up, I mean, the house was pretty much burnt to the ground. Now, this is where it starts getting really um, odd. No traces of the bodies were found. In other words, no bones, clothing, burnt clothing nothing. The cause of the fire was uh, attributed to faulty wiring. But the parents, George and Jenny, said, wait a minute. Here's the problem. Our Christmas lights were working. If it was faulty wiring, then our Christmas lights wouldn't have been on. But their phone lines, they noticed, had been cut. Now it goes a little bit deeper. George um, was an Italian immigrant who had a disdain for Mussolini, and he openly spoke out against Mussolini. Prior to the fire, he had been getting some threats from folks showing up of Italian descent, saying, hey, listen, stop speaking out against Mussolini. You're in this, you're in America now, drop it. So there were some, uh, several different threats. So anyway, they went to, look at the, the, again, to look for her remains, there were none. A woman came out and reported that she saw the missing children in a car passing by during the fire. Another woman claimed the next day to serve them breakfast at a tourist stop. Two uh, that were, and the kids were being, they used the word held by two men and two women. Getting a little strange, isn't it? Yeah, it just keeps getting like, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I've got, believe me, I've got, uh, I've got more. And so the local authorities actually declined help from the FBI. Have you ever heard of something like that? You have missing persons, and the local authorities said um, no, thank you. Because even J. Edgar Hoover said we have our men on standby if you need us, if you want help. The Fayetteville law enforcement said no, we're we're all good. Yeah, but you, you have to you have to ask, and I'll tell you what, I have watched ID channel shows where 
small towns have a have a murder. And at first, they think they can handle this. They're not going to need the FBI to step in and supersede their authority because it, I, I honestly think on some level, it's a little bit of ego. And yeah. Oh, it definitely is. Where they thought, oh, we'll solve this. And then they then they circle back and they're like, hey, FBI, knock, knock, knock. We're going we're gonna to need some help after all. The point is that Hoover himself said that he would help but only if the only if the law enforcement of Fayetteville agreed to it, and so they declined. So now, uh, so George, the father, in 1949, four years later, he sees um, a news photo of one of the, his missing uh, daughters, Betty. So he drove all the way out to New York, but the parents turned him away. They wouldn't let them see, uh, would not let him see the girl. Meanwhile, the fire chief, he says, well, you know what? The bodies, they must have been totally cremated. Now, that was proven not to be true because the fire would have to be burning at at least 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit for a significant amount of time for it to cremate the bodies. So that was proven not to be true. The Sodders hired a PI, offered a $10,000 reward. Still nothing. Which, which now, in 1945, that was like a house. Yes. That was a lot. That was that's a lot a, of That's like a half a million, three quarter of a million dollar offering today. So then it, it continues to get strange. So, you know, they're pressing. Um, the police department is saying, you know what? Let it go. It's dead. Can you imagine being told if you have five of your children? are gone, dead, or disappeared, and you have law enforcement telling you, let it go? Can you possibly imagine that? So this goes all the way to 1968, where you have the mother actually receives a, a, photo, a, a photograph, and it's postmarked from Kentucky. And inside was a photo of a man who looked to be her son at the age, one of the missing sons in, uh, in his 20s. And it was a handwritten note. The son's name was Lewis. Lewis Sodder, and here's what it said. Lewis Sodder, I love brother Frankie. That's all it said. So as a result, the parents hired another PI to go down to Kentucky. PI was never heard from again. Missing, gone, vanished. Well, I've been to Kentucky. People do come up missing. (laughs) Yeah. So the surviving, the surviving child, Sylvia Sutter Paxton, is still posting things about her um, siblings because she believes that her siblings, she believes that her siblings were taken. And because some other um, facts with the case is that before the fire, they heard something hit the roof. And it sounded like uh, they sound. It sounded like something metal. There's some sort of bang, and then something rolling off the roof. And so, the prevailing thought is is that five of the kids were kidnapped, by aliens, uh, presumably by the Italian mafia. Oh, because uh, George Sauter had been making a lot of noise about Mussolini at the time. Which is funny because Mussolini was dead shortly afterwards. 
you know, I mean, Mussolini yeah. didn't live long after 1945, but yeah, somebody, somebody protecting Mussolini, they don't know he's about to come up dead. Yes. No, but what's interesting you know? is the mafia had a very, uh, I was antagonistic relationship with uh, Mussolini. In fact, the first thing that Mussolini did it was he actually had them all, had most of the mafiosis in Italy executed, and that's why they were so easy to cooperate with the Allies in World War II. Yes. Well, hang on. They 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 sent the message by having some mafia heads executed. They did not wipe out. Mafia in Italy. Oh, of course not. No, I mean that's. Trust me on that. No, or in Sicily, for that matter. Go and execute the mafia, and then the germ grew again. They, they, they're still very much in control of Italy. I'm not questioning that, Jack. I'm just saying that I think it's just interesting that. Oh, you better not. (laughs) No, of course not. Operation Underworld. I'm well aware of the relationship with with the federal government and the Italian mafia, or the Sicilian mafia, to be precise. Mostly the Sicilian. Mafia, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to say anything, but uh, we had a little joke in Brooklyn that uh, uh, we had a thing called Italian News. We want to thank Vito for winning the lottery this upcoming Thursday, second time <laughs> in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just the way it is, my man. <laughs> it is yeah. what it is, as Buffalino point right. out so succinctly now jack it are is. you getting two points off the vig of that action or what <laughs> so, so jack i want to go back and ask you what do you think happened to those children you know i'm thinking a message i mean i i don't know obviously i'm not gonna step on anybody's toes and predict anything but i think a message was being sent i think it was a message to shut up once and for all it's kind of like um um, it, it's kind of like if you're talking to the police about the about organized crime in New York, and uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you send somebody out to start your car and it blows up. Yeah, yeah. message sent. Message sent. Message sent. So yeah. that might have that might have been what was going on here. Mm-hmm. When yeah, okay. I, I, that's my mm-hmm. suspicion. They wanted to shut them up, and what what better way to shut them up than to take out his kids? You know, you take out somebody's family. Yeah. Um, he'll either shut up or he's next, you know? Right. Now, so that's my suspicion. And it certainly was a distractor by not actually killing the kids. My, I suspect that they just kidnapped the kids and kept them alive. So you give the parents the hope and the parents are distracted because they're forever looking for the kids. You're not looking well, for the murder. Other, the, the other thing, Corey, is, I mean, I make no bones about the fact that that my father was not a clean cop in New York, uh-huh. but uh-huh. there were there were crimes that the you know families of certain you know organized crime figures who happened to end in a vowel would <laughs> persuade him not to really investigate sure. <laughs> that crime fully and just kind of let it go down as unknown, you know, and and leave it alone yeah. because because it was worth more to them as an unsolved crime. And they can continue running things. So, so you know, we've all seen Goodfellas. We've all seen how that stuff goes. I mean, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, um, my brother Richie and I used to watch Goodfellas because we knew the backstories of what was going on, what Scorsese was doing. But one of the stories we often refer to is the scene when 
um, Joe Pesci kills Spider, and they're all playing cards, right. and he shoots him. You know, what's the world coming to? And he shoots him to death. Then right. they got to go bury the body out in Jersey, and it ruins mm-hmm. the game and everything. But what actually happened was that was a pizza delivery boy who, on the way to delivering the pizza to the game, went over to his girlfriend's house, fooled around with her, like young boys do, fell asleep afterwards. By the time he got there, it was two hours late, the pizza was cold, and he did tell them to go F themselves. And they had no problem blowing them away on the front lawn, let the family know nothing's going to happen on this, we're not going to be investigating it. Then they destroyed all the records of that kid at the pizza place, and then they spent the night down in Jersey, you know, burying the body under, under some lime. You know, there are some things that you do and some things that you don't do. So I don't know, going into, going up to a bunch of mobsters and saying F you. That's I mean, under, don't do mobsters it. that are already together and drinking. And you want to call them out like that? Especially with here's, this. I mean, here's the thing. Here, here's, here's the thing. If you live in a protected neighborhood, like, like my family lived in one of those neighborhoods where you could leave your keys in the car. You didn't have to lock yeah. your door. Yeah, you weren't getting, there was no crime. And there was no reason for police to come into the neighborhood. Everything was monitored. But if you didn't show respect for that protection, because this was their haven, this was their headquarters, they didn't want police around, you had to respect these guys because they provided a safe living environment. All you had to do was show them respect. I I, I don't know if you remember in um, Goodfellas when Ray Liotta is talking about the fact that his his mother was carrying the groceries and these guys grabbed the bags for her. He said they did yeah. that, you know why? For respect. Right. You know, but it's just what you did in Brooklyn. That's just the way it goes. But I think it goes with any gathering of criminals show respect. So in other words, I would it's not I I, Italian. I it can be Jamaicans, okay? It can be uh Philadelphia crime lords. You go to a whole gathering. And go up to them and say, F you. And they're all packing. What do you think is going to happen? You're a pizza boy. Yeah. Not law enforcement, military. You're a pizza boy with a cold pizza. Right. F you. Yeah. I can't make this. I, I, you know what? Somehow he didn't learn. It was, fatal, it was a fatal move. But everyone, everyone knew what had happened to him. I mean, it wasn't a secret. It wasn't a secret. No, I know one's going to say No. I'm sure his parents and um, whoever his parents and his loved ones were, I mean, he was everything to them. But in the grand scheme of things, as a pizza boy, who's going to, I mean, in the what, the 70s, right? This is this happened in the 70s? Yeah, Late 70s, 70s, yeah. In the Early 70s? 70s. No one's going to, no no one was going to look for him. Right. Just that, he just vanished. If it, has the, if it has the earmarks of organized crime, the police were outmanned and outgunned. And if they had somebody just meet them on the street and say, yeah, you're investigating this. I, I think, uh, I think there's nothing to be found here. That's, yeah. that's all you need. And you probably get an envelope dropped and that's, and it's got money in it and you're, and you're done. And you just leave it. Yeah. I, I told it. you, my father was a cop. What kind of cop has 12 houses when he retires as a cop? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I grew up, 
And like you're from New York and I grew up in another mafia haven, uh, the Philadelphia, South Jersey area, you know, Atlantic City. Went to school with, a, with several folks that reputedly had ties. Some of the people I went to school with, their parents uh, uh, went to jail for racketeering. So, I mean, you just knew that was just something that you just know. And you know this, you don't really talk about it. It's just, it's there. Right. It's there. Although, although it's funny you say racketeering, because in the 70s, that was kind of a crime that was fabricated just um, for exactly. organized crime figures. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, so RICO, that's what the R stands for, right? Yes. So it was a blanket. They would cast a wide net over folks like that and nail them for different things. Yeah. It was all yes. it was about. It was about yeah. it was about uh, illegal cigarettes. It was about gambling. It was about hookers. It was about alcohol, yeah. and it's all considered racketeering. All the fun and stuff. Basically, it, basically, the government didn't want competition. Yes, I mean, yeah. I think I think we solved the mystery. I think we solved the mystery of the Sodder children. You know, it goes down as one of those like creepy, you know, all of the kids that vanished and everything. But I do think that the mafia, my opinion. I think the Italian mafia just took the kids. Yeah. And it sounds, you know, it sounds like it's got all the earmarks of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because so, you have the you have the the police on it, you have the fire chief on it. Um, you have uh, the fire department it takes seven hours to actually get there and they're only um, two and a half miles away. The PI disappears. You never hear from the PI again. Well, you remember, you remember when they burned the Copa down in, in Goodfellas to get the insurance yeah. money? Guys are oh, sitting yeah. there having a conversation, and meanwhile, it's burning. They got there's this is such business as usual. They lost track of the fact that the place was burning down across the street, and they set the fire. <laughs> exactly. He's like, All right. hey, you got to go out with me. You got to go out with this girl. I, I, I'm not going to be able to get her unless you go out with a friend. And he's like, oh, wait, it's on fire. Go, go, go. <laughs> Well, you know, to wrap this up, um, it must have been heart-wrenching for George and Jenny, the parents, to go through that. Because I can't imagine anything being worse than a child disappearing and you just don't know. And you're frustrated and nobody uh, can help you. And I hope that the children that did vanish, I hope they went on and led a good life somehow, wherever they were at. And the child that's still alive, um, Sylvia, I mean, all the best to you and keep, you know, keep pushing. Maybe, maybe some. Hey, hey, uh, that's, you, Corey. that's you giving her advice. I'm not giving her any advice. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to assume, assume that all those mobsters have long since gone to their just reward. Like 75 years. I, I mean. I mean, come on! I mean, come on! Not even Castro's still around, right? That's amazing. That 1945 was 75 years ago. That's just, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, so, so there you have it. Yeah, I think, I think we probably, I think we probably shined a big light on it. And if Sylvia wants to keep pushing, you know, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't probably. do it. I wouldn't do it in Sicily, but yeah. No, but I mean. If we were her, wouldn't we do it? It was uh, our uh, five of our siblings. I I think, I think <laughs> you would, but under 
if I'm if I'm raising all sorts of hell with dangerous people, knowing I have children, knowing that th that's my Achilles heel, that's my weak spot. If you go after my kids, yeah, I I probably would have to think the big picture out and not put them in harm's way. Well, you know what? Then whoever, I mean, she's 70. She's the youngest and she's the only one still alive out of the children. She's 77. She was two years old when it happened. So, you know, I don't think she's probably, I don't think she's too scared of the mob. Probably at 77 right now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think retaliation is happening at this age. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't like retaliation. But you know what? If that gives her peace when she wakes up in the morning and she pushes and gets on yeah. and does blogging, then I say, you know what? Crack on. Crack on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah, Robin, crack on. Crack on. <laughs> yes, crack on. And now, Robin, and that's if you thought you Robin, if you thought you yeah. were stepping on the toes of organized crime figures or an organized crime family. Ending in a vowel, would you push forward, or would, at one point do you let it go? I would say crack on. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Do you, do no, you, do you? Well, so so I'm related to them. Is that the question? No. If you're so, in that situation, help me out, Corey. He's saying, would you press if there if you were in the situation, a similar situation? That's no reason. Yes, would oh. you press and also go possibly go against them? I, I think you push until you actually get that particular warning. I think then you, you know keep pushing until you get until you get the warning. You yeah, know, I, you, I, you know, right? You, 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 know, you know, the problem is you've already been given the warning, and you don't know if there's no more warning shots. Yeah, you know, but I, then I, you, and I, you and I grew up around this. We know what we're talking about, Corey. No, I I, I agree. No, I agree. Yeah, there's no more. There's usually no more warning shots. Yeah, yeah. But so, I think an older woman let her blog. I don't think it's going anywhere, you know. And so, um, speaking of going anywhere, maybe we should segue into. We were talking about mobsters and things like that. What better way to segue into something maybe a little bit brighter? And let's talk about law enforcement. Yeah, TV the other side of the coin. Yes, the other side. So in other words, people that you would call, the type of people that you watch on television, the type of people that you would call to say, help me out. Goodfellas yeah. is after. Help me out. Yes. Shows. And, and Paco, Ghostbusters is not one of the calls. <laughs> yeah. You know, Corey, so, the more I hear about him ragging on Ghostbusters, I feel like he probably auditioned for Slimer and he wasn't, and he didn't get it because he wasn't much of a slob. I, I, I actually, I actually have, I actually have a parallel um, short anecdote on this um, cop show thing. But we'll, we'll, you want to, you want to go talk? Do you have a list? Uh, yeah, I've got three of them actually. All right. You got three pop shows? Yes. It's not Ghostbusters 1, 2, and 3, right? Well, technically the third <laughs> one hasn't been released yet, but no, that's not that's not in the list. No. Okay. All right. So number three, cops watching it as a kid. 
especially when you're bored. Just great TV. Number two, Law and Order SVU. Every time I'm in Vegas in a hotel room, when I come back after a long stretch on the tables, it's always on late night. And finally, number one, The X Files. That was definitely oh. one of the first big shows I grew oh. up watching. Yeah, agree. Of, of, of your three, The X Files. Oddly enough, that has that has the most the most bite. But I do want to see you doing a long stretch on a Vegas table. I would like to watch that. Long stretch on a table. <laughs> I'd like to see you going. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Twenty six. I'll stop. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm more like I'm actually closer to Joe Pesci in Casino. And you have not seen it, even though every times I've I've known you for six years, Jack, and you've never seen that movie. How dare you? I have it in my DVR. I have it in my DVR. Corey, you got to twist this guy's arm, or you got to do something. Yeah. Do you? Do you have? Yeah, you have, you gotta see. Yeah, you have to. You see. know what, Paco? When I go to watch it, you queue it up at your house. We'll watch it together virtually, and and we'll watch it together. Okay. Be- I, yeah, I, we, I, have, we, have, we have a movie. I, have, um, I recorded it off AMC, so I think. Some of the foul language won't be there. No, you're not going to get the full... You don't get the full, like, Scorsese Joe Pesci-ness. All right, then I'll watch it, I'll watch it on Netflix. Okay. But I will watch it. You better watch okay. it. Okay. Well, you know, so, one of the things that we have to do, uh, JV, the pros, you know, we have to, when this um, COVID thing is done, you know, we've got a big screen TV down at a garage mm-hmm. bar, so we have to watch some movies down there. We've we got talk a, about all In the man the cave. I'll yeah, tell you what. We talk about... Movies. Guys, I have an idea. How about this? Wait, 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 wait. Let me write the date down. Okay, you had an idea. Okay, go ahead. Let's say <laughs> we all... Hey, in, one fa- in one manner or another, we're all going to get vaccinated, right? So the day we no, all get vaccinated... No, no I'm not. No, I'm not. not either. Hell no. What, are you of the party who thinks that Bill Gates is going to put a microchip in your bloodstream or something? Karen, no, no, no. I don't think there's been enough time to find out what this vaccine can or cannot do to you over the long haul. I think they rushed this through. I am not having them inject anything in me. It's not about microchip or anything like that. Vaccines have a long-term effect. They're not injecting me, and then I find out I got an ear growing on the back of my head. Not happening. Yeah, I think... um... We need to wait. We need to wait. But that's another conversation. I don't want to get all okay. All so down. So what were you going to say about vaccinating? Now, you, now, Paco, you're the only one getting vaccinated. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to have a very, very lonely party by myself. But party uh, party of what? Well, what? That works out. I just want to watch. Look, I just hey, no, I don't want to. Come on. It's like I just want to watch Goodfellas or Casino with all three of you guys. And then hopefully maybe uh, Jack can call some of his acting buddies. I'm sure, you know, he's like two phone calls away from Michael Imperioli. <laughs> I am. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly it's like, because, right. you know, a cousin who knows a guy who knows Michael. I got a guy. All right, Corey. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on the, on the other side of New Year's. But um, yes. what, is, what is your list? And, and take All your right. time telling, telling me what. What brought you to that, to those choices? I will most certainly do that. So um, definitely like Paco, um, X-Files, certainly the first five seasons, outstanding. So uh, two FBI agents going after creepy things and monsters. That was right up my alley, you know. Uh, 24. 
with yes. uh, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland and Jack Bauer. I mean, you know something? I was with Kiefer the day he found out he got. I was with them in Barry Levinson's office the day he got 24. Like when they said it, I was like, okay, you got 24. Like I'm still waiting for my next show. And he was there and he was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> but I happened to yeah, be with him when he got the news. Yeah. And he didn't think the show would even last a year. Yeah. He wasn't thrilled. He wasn't thrilled yeah. about it. But season one was the absolute best season. I would say if anyone hasn't watched it, all you have to do is watch season one. Outstanding. And it's some of the, it's some of the best, some of the most suspenseful television that you will see. So those, those two now going to go a little bit old school. Of course, I spy. Major influence on me, Robert, the great Robert Culp and Bill Cosby, two secret agents uh, doing their thing. I noticed you don't say Dr. Bill Cosby. Oh, wait, not anymore. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't say I don't say that. But, you know, I don't play revisionist history. Um, it's still I my favorite show. So what is that? That's three. All right, I've got to go I'm with- I'm surprised that you and Paco have, a, you know, have an identical show on your, on your list. I know, it's hard to believe, huh? Yeah. So now here's where it gets tough for me because I have to bump uh, a couple. So I'm gonna go yeah, ahead you know and- go. What, it's Christmas, don't bump anything, bring it. All right, <laughs> then damn it, then I'm, then I'm gonna get crazy. All right, Criminal Minds, all the way through. 12 seasons of just great police drama. That was that, is that um, Joe Mantegna? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I worked with him. I like him a lot. I worked yeah, with him. All and, and Christopher Reeves on his last movie where he played a cop who gets shot and crippled. Yeah. And then I remember he was actually crippled right after that. Yes. So Criminal Minds is, uh, is there. I'm going to go back, uh, way, way back to the Avengers with Ooh. Patrick McNee and, uh, oh my goodness, what is her Diana, name? Diana, was it Di Diana? Diana Ritt. Yeah, yeah Diana know. Ritt. Yes. Can you think of anybody back in the day that looked as good in uh, black leggings and her? I mean, you she could rock. I, I, had a, I had a thing for her and uh, Barbara Feldon. Okay. Yeah. The Avengers. Yeah. Then yeah, I've got two more. Her. I've got two more. Uh, the British police drama called Luther, done by the great Ildris uh, Elba. Check that out sometime. And then okay. to wrap it up, to wrap it up, the 80s. And when you think of 80s, you cannot think of the 80s and not think of Miami Vice. Oh, no. Don oh. Johnson, Philip Michael Thomas. At least the first three seasons were outstanding. The last two, they kind of checked out. Yeah, the only cops <laughs> driving a Ferrari. <laughs> you know, like... yeah. But I mean, what a show, though. Beside my father. <laughs> yeah, what a show. So those are my, those are mine. Okay, here are mine. Um, I I still watch and love Columbo. 
no. And and then and then I did a movie I sent to Paco called Ripple, in which I emulated Lieutenant Columbo in that movie, where I kept coming up with just one more question, one more question, and uh, no, driving just... driving people nuts. Yeah, I loved Columbo. Yeah. I still do. Um, I like the fun of Starsky and Hutch. Oh yeah, they just seem yeah. like a couple of buddies solving crimes, driving around, huggy bear. It was almost a cartoon to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to um, tell you, I really enjoyed the movie. Jack. Oh, I love Starsky and Hutch. The movie, I mean. The movie yeah. was good. Yeah, you it know, was. The movie was really good. Snoop Dogg was perfect. Yeah, he was. Huggy Bear. Yeah. Huggy Bear, well, yeah. Uh, I got Kojak. It was just something about a big, tough cop who just, you'd have to move a mountain before you moved him. And, um, yeah, and I when just are they saw... Make a remake about that, huh? I, I would think that, that would be, show... That show, I, that yeah. should be brought back. Yeah. yeah for and, yeah. and Stallone actually did a guest star spot about a year before Rocky, in which he played a dirty cop on Kojak. Nice. And Kojak finally corners him. And, uh, you're dirty. You know you're dirty. Sign out. <laughs> Who loves you, baby? going head-to-head with Telly Savalas. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Who loves you, baby? Hill Street Blues. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Hill Street Blues. That was a gritty NYPD bluish type thing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what's funny. Um, I didn't get to work on Hill Street Blues, but um, um, the, the producer had come Stephen up with another Baco. cop show, and he just Stephen had Baco. what? Stephen Baco. Baco. Um, yeah. Bachko. Bachko. Close enough. Right. So he said, right. So, so he has all his success with Hill Street Blues, mm-hmm. and then the word is out in Hollywood, he's doing another cop show. So me and Dennis friends are working I know on where this. You're- yeah. yeah, and it turns out to be the worst cop show ever on yeah. TV. Karen has pulled up the old footage of me as the idiot lifeguard dancing and singing, but it was cop rock. And it oh was my horrible. God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Dennis says to me, our trailers are right next to each other. And he says, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm getting out of here. And he said, he's got another cop show. Why don't we work on that? That turned <laughs> out to be NYPD Blue. Yes. Well, you know, in between and I, that, I, and you I know, passed. I was right in the middle where it sucked. <laughs> uh, you know, he did a, another cop show, um, Bacho, if that's his name. He did one in between those, and it was called Hooperman. Do you recall that one? Yeah. No. Hooperman? Yeah, it was done by it was uh, done by the late John Ritter, and he played a police officer who inherited a apartment building. It only lasted for a year, but it was really different to see John Ritter as a police officer because you're looking at that, and of course you think Three's Company from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Although, although I worked with him on a movie called I worked with John Ritter on Mercenary, and you want to talk about a gritty, dirty, dark. It he did a great job, but it was it was a rough and tumble uh, type movie, and I also. I uh, worked with him on Skin Deep, the Blake Edwards okay. sequel to 10. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not so, surprised that he 
could do something like that. Like we talked about last week when I told you about, and I told you Fred McMurray and when he played uh, the bad guy murderer in double indemnity, like you have to watch that. Yes. 1944. I mean, tremendous him and Barbara Stanwyck just light up the screen. Well, you're, you and I are going to watch that. You and I yeah. are going to watch that at the same. We might have to do it virtually, but we'll watch it together. Yeah, we'll have to watch that at the same time. Yeah. That okay. movie holds up. So my last one is my favorite mm-hmm. cop show of all time. And that was okay. Beretta. Oh, oh, I love Beretta. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Beretta. Okay. Robin, what do you got? So I loved Vegas. Dantana. 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 Oh, I forgot about that one. Yep. Uh, Robert Urich, one of my favorite guys. Stud all the way. All the way. And uh, let's see. I loved, this is old school, The Rookies. Yeah. Way back in the 70s. And I love. Wait, wait, wait. Is that that, um, The Rookies or Mod Squad? No, The Rookies. 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 Okay. Yep. And then I. I also mm-hmm. loved SWAT, the original. I love the movie. I, I haven't seen the new one, but... And the movie was great. The movie was great, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Well, you know, uh, SWAT was a uh, spinoff of The Rookies. Yeah. Oh, Robert, you're... Yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, like everybody else said, um, I loved... Um, what is it? Uh, the Scully and Mulder. Oh, X Files. Oh, the X Files. X Files. Yes, I love. You got to side with me on that. Yeah, I do. I love Beretta, and I also love Starsky and Hutch. I mean, I just loved all those seventies police shows. That was awesome. Yeah, you can't yeah, go wrong with it. Was fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say yeah. Starsky and Hutch, Beretta, Vegas was really uh, was really good. Really cool watching him drive that car into. Uh, the, uh, the the garage. And you know, uh, Vegas is also a spinoff from Charlie's Angels. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm surprised that Mr. Technical Genius didn't have the A-team as one of it on his list. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that's I'm actually so uh, kicking myself in the head right now because I forgot to mention one TV show, even though it, it shows both sides of the uh, of the of law enforcement, it's Christmas. Go ahead, uh, Narcos. Go for it, Narcos. Oh, Narcos. Is that on? Um, yeah. Is that on uh, Netflix? Yes. In fact, I'm actually watching uh, season two with my pops right now. Well, actually, after the show, but um, well, we know we know you're not paying attention to the show. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know you're watching it right now. But yeah, going back to '70s stuff, um, cop shows—they were really. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. And a few people know this. Do you remember a show called Mannix? Of yes. course. My mother loved loved herself some Mannix. And, guess, who, you know, guess who went up against the studio and developed and produced that show? Lucille Jack Ball. Rick. Lucille Ball. I, I she thought that that, show, that that show had the grit to be a good cop show. Three Emmys later, she was right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She developed that show. And the studio so wanted nothing to do with an aging PI solving crimes. What did they know? Right, right. Although 
And, you know, there were shows like Murder, She Wrote. And I did a yeah. show with Doris Roberts called uh, The Ladies of Sweet Street, which was like Murder, She Wrote, except they were yeah. on Sweet Street. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so there were, there were a lot of shows with aging. I mean, I, I used to think it was ridiculous. The blind PI Longstreet with the seeing eye dog and he's out there solving crimes. Yeah. Drain James Franciscus. Yeah. Do I, uh, yeah. Do, yeah thank you. Do, do I have that right? Is it James Franciscus or Francisca. No, it's Franciscus. It is Francisca. Francisca. Yeah, I know he was, was the, the other, There was the other guy that my brother used to make fun of all the time. And he said, my brother used to say, look, if I ever commit a crime, I want this guy chasing me. And that was Gannon. Gannon was like 400 pounds. And he drove. Oh, Cannon. Yeah. Gannon, yeah. And he, he oh, drove like Lincoln. But I tell you, though, Cannon got his hands on you. But if Cannon got his hands on you, you were done. Yeah, he was slamming <laughs> people at the walls, and hell he, yeah, he could barely get out of the car. Like, I know. <laughs> but damn, he could certainly, yeah. he could certainly do that. Yeah, remember, Cat? Uh, so you do. This will bring back memories for some of those cop shows. At the end of it, this has been a Quinn Martin production. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that bring back memories. Yeah. And, yeah, and, totally and, and you know what? That, you know what that reminds me of. And, and Robin that? will remember this. Streets of San Francisco starring Michael Douglas. Oh, I totally. love that show. Totally. Yeah. That was a good gritty show. That was yeah. a that good was gritty awesome. show. Yep. Streets of San Francisco was supposed to be TV's version of Bullet. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that was and an they answer for that. They did a good job, I thought. Yeah, it was um, a good show, but but Douglas wanted to do films. Makes sense. Yeah, he wanted and I think Carl Malden was on that show with um, Michael Douglas. Yeah, you know, it would be interesting. Um, I'm going to have to pull out some of my old DVDs since we're talking about it and see if these shows actually really hold up. Because we're saying saying we love the show, but I wonder. Producer Karen pointed out that her favorite cop show, and, and she still watches on the DVR we constantly are recording episodes of Barney Miller. And you want to talk about a show that holds up. As funny as it was in the 70s, Barney Miller is as funny watching it today. Like, it, it's not a time capsule at all. It's just funny. You know, I think, and we've talked about this in the past, um, you know, the different eras. I think that television, movies, the 70s were the best. Yeah, I think the last original decade of music and television was the 70s. Yeah. I mean, the 80s, the 80s, the music, I don't know what went wrong. And the 90s was a scramble for like nine years. It was grunge well, and well, the 80s, band. The 80s, you had that, you had the second British invasion, right? So you had right. all of, you had the, all the, the the police, Morrissey, Banana Rama, Go Go's, Duran Duran, Human League. But I mean, you know what? Um, and then Men at Work, you know, was they were woven in there. They were yeah. Australian, right? Um, but, they, but they were woven in there as part of the invasion into American yeah. culture. 
But the police went on to to have quite a a, a ride. Well, Sting Sting went solo. Oh, the police, and that- they had several albums, very popular albums. The police. Yeah. Yeah, they had five hit albums, and then five? he he went solo. Yes. Yeah, but I'll tell you something interesting. Sting, which obviously isn't his name, was a school teacher, and everybody thought. It was absolutely ridiculous that he was going to leave being a school teacher to be a rock star. Yeah, what did they know? What did they know? And you know, you know, you know who else um, left the NYPD to be a rock star was Eddie Money. Good for him. And people thought yeah. it was ridiculous. Hmm. Good yeah, uh, good for him. But yeah, I, I think. I just think for television, I, I think high quality, even though I will say this, I won't bash what's on now because I think there are so many stations now that I think that you're ba- if you keep throwing enough at the target, you're going to hit it. So I think there are good shows on, but I think for just being three networks, like Jack, we were talking about, you had to bring your A game all the time with three yeah, networks. The, the slices were big. And every week was a race. But I'll tell you something interesting. The beginning of the 70s, obviously until 75, did you know that Steven Spielberg was doing cop dramas as a director? Oh, yeah. That's how that was. That was his film school. Right. And he he actually got into it with the studio because he had a truck that kind of went off the went off of a, a cliff and crumbled down at the bottom. And Spielberg left the transmission fluid look like the blood as this thing drains out and the studio wanted an explosion and he said you guys don't know how how filmmaking is done i know what i'm doing just leave me alone and they wouldn't stop bothering him and he was like someday i'm gonna own my own studio and and you guys will understand that i know what i'm doing i just watched one of his um uh early movies uh, a few months ago uh duel with uh dennis weaver we actually studied that movie in film school because it's basically the blueprint for Jaws. Yes. Really? Yeah, no. Uh-huh. The movie Beat for Beat has shares some of the same storylines, but more or less the same techniques because it was just a regular made-for-TV movie, but it had atmosphere and a depth because obviously uh, Spielberg was very much in the school of Hitchcock where it was like show, not tell. And so basically he had to come up with, a, he had to use Hitchcockian uh, themes and attitudes in order to tell a story about a crazy driver, a crazy, uh, you know, truck that seems to be sentient pursuing this motorist on the freeway. Check it out, Jack. It's on, uh, it's on Amazon prime. It's on Amazon prime. Yeah. We just watched it probably three months ago. Um, cause Robin had never seen it and I, and I was telling her about it. She didn't like it, but I, I found it to be, um, you know, an entertaining movie. Well, I, I actually, I worked with Dennis and uh, with on a Stephen Cannell uh, film with James Coburn, and um, okay. and it, it, it yeah it didn't do very well, but but I liked working with Dennis. I liked I liked his attitude. I liked how smooth he was, you know, from shot to shot. So yeah, I would check it out for sure. I would check it yeah. out for sure. It's pre uh, it's pre McLeod, which is another oh, cop show. Oh, McLeod! <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. 
okay, okay, that one and and Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah, these are these are shows I I couldn't buy even at even at twelve years old. I I just I just couldn't buy into them. <laughs> you couldn't buy. You couldn't buy right, right, right. horse in Manhattan yeah. on the Upper East Side. <laughs> yeah. you couldn't buy that. What was the other one? What was the other one? Uh, Barnaby Jones. Oh, I just I've I've never watched a yeah. second of Jones. Oh, I like yeah. Barnaby. Not a second. No, um, Barnaby Jones was pretty much unwatchable for me. Um, yeah. Although I did like Matt Houston. Matt Houston was solid. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was solid. I was a fan Friday night, of course. Rockford Files. That was always oh, must see. Rockford Files, yeah. Rockford yeah. Files is awesome. Yeah, Rockford Files was like the coolest. Yeah, he was totally. Totally You've reached cool. Jim. Leave me a message. Yeah. <laughs> and I always remember and his standard line. $200 expenses. Remember a little creepy angel? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rockford Files. That, that, now there's a great show. That's a great show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that wasn't on my list, but you know what? My, I like my list. My list is pretty solid. The one that we missed out of every single, every single one. Uh oh. Chips. <laughs> uh, Robin, Robin, yes. We we didn't we didn't miss it, and neither did the audience. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean there's so there are so many, you know, like um I'm a fan of I Spy, of course, and Avengers, but I also was into um do you ever see It Takes a Thief? Yes. Yes. Uh, Robert Wagner, the suave Robert yep. Wagner. That was on. That was on opposite Man from Uncle. Yes. Yeah. No, I was not a fan. I was not a fan of uh, the Man from. I, I just oh, that well, one. You know what? I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell uh, Miss Robin there something. I got a friend who lives in Colorado, and she dated Eric Estrada, actually in the '80s. Oh my goodness! And that motorcycle that he rode uh -huh. is actually. On display in his house. Oh my it's goodness! A, it's on a podium inside his house, all shined up like a piece of furniture. So that <laughs> just in case you didn't know that he was on on chips, you can. Oh if he, he brings a girl home, there's the motorcycle sitting right there. And well, he question. probably has her sit on it. Let me take a picture of you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> question, Jack: Who's the guy um, that played opposite him? What was his John, name? John. Um, John. Uh, no, not John Snyder. That's no, Duke's no, the, blonde, the blonde, the blonde guy. Wasn't yeah. it Larry something? Was it Larry Storch? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> From Larry, but either way, you know that guy was tagged to play opposite Philip Michael Thomas in Miami Vice. Really? How did yeah. John Johnson get it? Um, because um, what's his face turned it down, just didn't want to do another. Larry Wilcox. Re Larry Wilcox. I was Wilcox. close. There it is. He didn't want to do another cop show. How about that? And his name on the show was uh, John. Oh, I John. knew I was in the ballpark. Yeah, you yeah. were. <laughs> but but he was he was not the breakout. Eric Estrada was the reason was people the were watching because he had yeah. the, the really tight shirt and the sleeves rolled up. I know. And the white teeth and the feathered hair. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was he was like Baywatch before there was Baywatch. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was but I'll tell you what, there there was about 15 years of really great television. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, like I can't think that we missed anything of quality during that stretch. You know, I was a fan of Christy Love. Oh yeah, get Christy Love. The black PI. But I was, yeah. I was a fan of that show just because she was hot. Yeah, yeah, she was sexy. Police woman. Yeah, and police woman. Robin oh, Andy Dickinson. Yes, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. But you know, I, I, I again, nothing against, nothing against women, but, but you know, these female cops and detectives, like the, the Charlie's Angels and stuff, you know, going after bad guys. I, I just, I just had trouble believing that they would tackle these guys, and the guys were like, "Oh no, you got me." You know, whereas Beretta would tackle him and the guy's like catching his breath. <laughs> you know what else I loved heart to heart? Oh, you're the one. I love that. Yes, I <laughs> I, I loved that show so much. I thought that was awesome. You know, that's still in syndication. Nice. Even even with all the new evidence of of his um connection with Natalie Wood's death and, and the investigation ongoing. You should tackle like, that. He's like 90 we years old that. now. Yeah, well, you know, we can tackle that sometime. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're not going to arrest him at 90 and then have a five-year trial. You know, they're just they're just not going to do it right now. I yeah. didn't know that Natalie Wood dies and he marries Jill St. John. The best friend, yeah. yeah. You know that? Yeah, I heard that from my mother. My mother was People Magazine before there was People Magazine. <laughs> he's, still with, he's still with Jill St. John. Yeah, because I think ultimately that's who he wanted to be with, you know? And, well, I mean, and, you know, then I guess you got to kill her. I, I don't know any other way. Yeah. I mean, think about it. How is it any different than what we see like nowadays with these knuckleheads killing uh, their wives? He just yeah, got away. The, yeah, the Scott Petersons and, you know, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, Paco. Well, he's on the death row now, too, you know? Scott he's, on death, he's on death row. Did you know that Scott Peterson was part of the group of, of um, criminals up at San Quentin that were actually filing for unemployment benefits and receiving checks? Yeah, I, heard I heard about, about the scam, that. yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Peterson was receiving money for unemployment. <laughs> like, how did that, how are they mailing the checks to San Quentin? And then nobody's going, well, that seems odd. <laughs> Let me ask, am I talking out of school? Is he off of death row? No, he's on uh, death row. No, no, I know. I, I thought he was off of it. I thought. Scott Peterson, let's look him I, up. I, Hang on, let, let Robin look it up because I'm pretty yeah, that, positive that, that, he's still on death row. And I think, I think his cell actually faces where they found Lacey. Okay, so it says here uh, he was convicted. And he's incarcerated in San Quentin. Thanks and for the criminal penalty. Oh, you're welcome. And his criminal penalty was death, and it says overturned. Okay, so I was right. Yeah, he's first not degree death. murder. No, nope, it was overturned. I thought I re I thought I remembered reading it. So it must be uh, just um, 
who killed Jason's death penalty. Um, was it overturned? Was it reduced to life in prison? Let me see. At this point in time, we are on track to retry the death penalty case. Okay, this was as of, uh, let's see, October 23rd, 2020. This quote says, at this point in time, we are on track to retry the death penalty case. A prosecutor told a judge in California on Friday. You know what? Robin's right. exactly right. Because now that she's saying that, I remember that they're not letting go of the death penalty in this. And they, it's, yeah, it said they will seek the death penalty again against convicted. But let's see. Since he was convicted at this point in time, we are on track. So, well, I mean, if this is this isn't, let's see, November thirteenth. Um, Scott Peterson to stay at San Quentin as Judge Moles retrial. What a conversation this, this is! <laughs> this was November thirteenth, twenty twenty. Well, this so. is actually really interesting because I didn't know that they that they're going back. But I remember them saying they're going back to get the death penalty reinstated, and they should. Yes. Now, now, is that is that where we're at now? They're going to retry it. Uh, yes, I just looked at the latest as of uh, November twenty third okay. that they're going to uh, uh, retry it. So retry the whole case. The death penalty. Oh, death penalty oh, sentence. so he's still guilty. They're just yeah. retrying the. Uh, yeah. Okay. So as of a month ago, the answer to your question is yes. Okay, let's 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 move on to uh, a little bit of sports before we head to Christmas. Um, Paco, I don't know if you watch any uh, any sports, but the Jets got two Christmas gifts this week for the first time since two thousand eight. Somebody in the AFC who needed to win didn't win and has been eliminated from the playoffs, which is the Patriots. Yes. And because they weren't going to go anywhere anyway, it means a higher draft. So for once, they're going to be a team that can get a, a high pick in the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round. Well, you're not getting that high a pick. You're getting like a top 15. That works. Instead of always being late 20s, 30s. This is good. Now, do they keep Cam? Now, I think I think you were right about Cam at the beginning, but I think over the season, he kind of showed a he little less down. gas in the tank. Yeah. I would keep him as a backup. I think he works as a backup, but as a starting quarterback, he has shown me that no. When you go through, I mean, he's thrown five touchdowns the, the whole season. You can't have that. You can't win. Uh, so now, I don't. Now, do, you get somebody, do, you get, do you get somebody like Stafford, or do you do you draft both? If there's a guy that you can move up and get, or falls to you, then you take him. Like Justin, uh, like Justin Herbert, you know, uh, sort of falling to uh, uh, San Diego. You know, what a Lamar gem he has turned out to be. Justin Lamar Jackson this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you say? I said Justin Herbert has turned out to be the diamond this year. Yes. Yes. He's very good. But um, so players can fall to you. So I think you do both. I think you you go after Matt Stafford, and I think you're good. And then you draft a guy. 
I was actually got- I was actually throwing Matt Stafford out there. I don't think he's a good fit fit with the Patriots. I was just throwing out somebody whose career is probably ending where they where they are, and they're gonna have to find another place to hang out. Why Why would he not be a good fit? Well, I I don't think I think Matt Stafford is a six out of ten quarterback. I think I mean Belichick has shown he could do pretty much anything with anyone, but I don't I don't see him as a fit with the Patriots. No. I, I think people people give Belichick far too much credit offensively. He can't do it with anything. Look at him with Cam Newton. He can't do it with anybody. No. He, no. All right. Well, what was the other good news, Corey, that the Jets got? What was our other Christmas gift? Well, I think it's the hilarious. Greatest, the greatest it's upset in the Super Bowl era of any any team that had that was winless beating a team with nine wins it's the first time it's happened since 1962 the jets beat the rams you talk about a big slice of humble pie but you know what you might have done now the jets might have done you might have knocked yourself out of getting the number one pick well we're, we're in the number two spot right so that was stupid i mean <laughs> like why would you win that? Like, I wouldn't be celebrating. I, I feel like I feel like I didn't want to be in the Ofra club. I'd rather get the win. I'd rather get the if win. You, if you were to get Trevor Lawrence, who's universally considered a franchise quarterback, I don't think anybody's going to care about them being Ofra. Yeah, but Corey, look what we do to franchise quarterbacks. Look what we yeah. consistently do to guys. We, we yeah. seem to shred them. You do. But at some point we're you can awful, pull yourself we're awful about that. Yeah, but at some point you can pull yourself out of it. Look at the Cleveland Browns. They have pulled themselves out of it. The Miami Dolphins forever were bad. They've pulled themselves out of it. So I mean it can happen. But I, I just I don't, don't like I don't like the way they manage franchise quarterbacks. They draft a guy, they get a guy, they trade for a guy, and then they just wreck them. Like, I don't yeah. get it, you know? So, you know, I, I, and then the other thing is a couple of weeks ago, we had an 11 0 Steelers team. Mm-hmm. And in three weeks, they're 11 and three. And they yeah. look like absolute garbage on Monday Night Football against Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ben, a couple- ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger looked lost. I mean, he looked like, like, He'd get stripped, and he wasn't diving after anything. He was throwing interceptions. I, I was sitting there like he's not seeing the defense. I was like, what is wrong with this guy? Age. We forget how old he is because people have, tend, tend to focus on Brady, but Roethlisberger right. is old. Well, Roethlisberger was born the same year as Biden, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, he's, 30, he's what, 39 years old. So, you know, what do you expect? So they need to think about a quarterback themselves at some point. You know, well, don't, uh, don't they have somebody sitting on the bench ready to go in? Uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Kyle uh, Rudolph or something. Mason Rudolph. I mean, Mason he's okay. Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. I'm glad you brought him up because I watched the Cleveland game. Mm-hmm. 
And you remember we had that problem with Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett last year? Yeah. Yes. Right. I'm watching Miles Garrett, who had just gotten done with COVID protocol. I felt so bad for that guy. He looked like he was struggling to inhale and exhale every breath from play to play, and he never took himself out. I thought, okay, team player, but this guy's going to pass out out there. It looked like he was just struggling to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, everybody can breathe easier because the Patriots won't be in the playoffs. So that's okay. Um, and and this will be the very first time in NFL history we will have an NFL game on a Friday. Yeah. So now be the NFL has played every day of the week. That's good. Yeah. That's exactly what wives want is football every day of the week. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine there are wives that are like, okay, I understand it's Monday night. Now there's a Thursday and they play on Saturday and then Sunday. And then there's a Wednesday afternoon and a Friday. I mean, when does it stop? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting in the playoffs. You know, I mean, all these teams are flawed. So, you know, it's going to be the team um, that shows the least amount of flaws. That will be the well, uh, I'm what, thinking in the AFC, I'm still sitting there saying Mahomie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see anybody stopping that offense. And then from the, uh, uh, the, uh, the NFC, I, I still like going up against them in a big game. I still want the Seahawks. I trust the Seahawks because they have playmakers. See, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at Green Bay. Defensively, they're not good enough. Well, they're going to get the first round. They're going to get the first round by. Yeah, they'll get that. They'll get that. They're gonna get so then they out. just have to stick around for three. And the dance will be over because the third one is the Super Bowl. Yeah, I hope they don't get there because I, I think they will get steamrolled by the Chiefs. I really? really do. Yeah, I do. But you think look Seattle? You think look Seattle? What the them. Look what the buckets did to them. Now, now, what about the Buccaneers? What about the Buccaneers getting to the NFC Championship game? They're up and down. I, for them, like I said, at the beginning of the year, it's all about the offensive line. I agree with you. They're not consistent. Yeah. If if they had an offensive line. They could win it all. Look what happened with Atlanta. The first half, Brady throws for 50 yards because they were getting pressure on him. And then what happened? Bucks adjusted, and then Brady throws for 320 yards in the second half, the most in the, uh, the season by a quarterback. And he absolutely shredded him. And once again, Atlanta, halfway through, the uh, third quarter up 24 to seven and still lose to Brady. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You know what? How, how <laughs> terrible is it that Brady spots them a big lead again? And, <laughs> <laughs> and you knew it's like the formula. You spot them about 15 or 20 points and then take it right out of their mouth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It's just, you just, you can't even make that stuff up. Right. You know, right. And, and, and then, 
And because they got no pressure on him. See, and that's the problem. If you get no pressure on 43-year-old Brady, he will kill you. But you know what? If you rush him up the middle, which is what New Orleans can do, with Cameron Jordan, you will beat the Bucs. That's now, what do you thing. think about what do you think about the Saints? Oh, I think if the Saints, here's the thing about the Saints. I don't think Breeze is going to be uh, healthy enough, but the Bucks have to avoid the Saints. That is the Bucks' kryptonite because of the pressure that the uh, the Saints put on. Did you see what they I did? Think, I think this is going to be a truly interesting set of playoffs. It will. You know, did the you other, see the other thing? Mahomes, did you see how they beat him up and caused him to throw interceptions? Mahomey, but uh, <laughs> but did you see that? But did you see that yeah. game though? Yeah. And and what they did. So imagine forty-three-year-old Brady. That's why they've beaten uh, Brady th- uh, twice. Now, how do you feel about the viability of the Bills? I'm still not sold yet. I'm just not. Are you still not sold on them? Because I tell you what, they seem solid, both sides of the ball. They seem like they're working as a team, and they seem like they're going, I mean, Josh Allen, they're going into battle with him, and they're not looking. He just leads them. Yeah, they are. I just need to see, um, I need to see them in the playoffs. So, you know, it's great. They won the division. I mean, you know, you won it because you won it in a Tom Brady beating a Tom Brady less Patriots. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not impressed. Well, I've been pretty impressed with them and they seem to be instilling fear. I don't know that they can beat the, the Chiefs. I don't think they can beat the Chiefs at all. I will stake money on that. I don't think the Chiefs are going to run over them either. I think no, the Chiefs. Game. No, the Chiefs. They don't really run over anybody. They don't, because their defense isn't good enough. But the problem is, you can't stop their offense. Yeah, you, Tyree you Kill. just Tyreek Hill is 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 video game fast. Yeah, their whole their whole entire offense is video game. I mean, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's almost unfair. You know, not even almost. Tyreek Hill all by himself. I mean, you you got to give him room. And the moment he cuts across, he's gone. He's like the roadrunner. Yeah. But you know what? If you give him too much room, then you have Travis uh, Travis Kelsey cutting across. Then on the other they side, they got too many weapons. Yeah. I, they, I just they think got too many weapons. Yes. All right. I'll tell you what. That is, that is a good place to look forward to the play. By the time we come back, Playoffs will just be starting. Uh, and we're going to be back on January 5th. Paco, you made it through the whole year. You put up with all my nonsense. Corey has not encouraged me to keep having fun with you. But Corey has enjoyed a front row seat. <laughs> but it has, been, <laughs> it has been a really, really good year. We've had some great, great guests. I mean, this this has been – oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. I got a message from the great Robert Wool, who has been getting caught up listening to episodes of the show. So wow. we may have him in 2021. You guys 
You know who Robert Wall is, Paco? Sounds familiar. You want to give me a little more clarification? I just mentioned him. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he starred in um, Cobb. He was in Bull Durham as the assistant coach. Oh, yeah, your buddy from the wedding. I remember now. Lollygaggers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he's been getting caught up on the episodes, and um, I'm going to try to reel him in and have him do 10 or 15 minutes with us. Um, he just asks that nobody gets into any chats about any unexploded devices in the South Bay, and we'll be fine. All right, that works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Robin with a Y. Sir. We wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Paco, you and your family, safe. Everybody is safe. Everybody is good. Don't get bummed out. It's all good. Okay? Maybe I'll make some crank calls to you over the over the break. <laughs> yeah, the Italian <laughs> Santa Claus. Hey, Paco, what you got for Christmas this year? <laughs> we, but we do wish you, everybody here, we wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, yeah, for sure. Happy New Year. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy, 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 everybody. That is Bye. season two, episode 51. And Robin, Sir. still out everywhere they can reach us. JVN Pros at Gmail. On Facebook, JVN Pros all spelled out. Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. Did I forget Instagram. Something? Instagram, damn it. Oh, hey, guys, hold up, hold up. Sorry, Robin, hold up. We're getting a, a, yes. a, a, I'm hearing something in the air. I think it's the voice of something orange. Get him out of here. Get out. <laughs> so our former president, he just won't keep his mouth shut, guys. You want to help me here? I want to I wanna watch them carry him out, kicking and screaming. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, guys. Good show and all the best. Merry Christmas. Happy Bye. New Year. I'll talk to you later. And the immortal words of Eddie Murphy. Merry New Year. <laughs> Good night.